Good evening. Today is Friday, February 5th, and welcome to another episode of It Only Takes a Spark. Today's reading comes from the book of Hebrew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect hospitality, for through it some have unknowingly entertained angels. Be mindful of prisoners as if sharing their imprisonment and of their ill-treated as of yourself, for you also are in the body. Let marriage be honored among all and the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge the immoral and adulterers. Let your life be free from love of money, but be content with what you have. For he said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. Thus, we will say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God with you. Consider their outcome of their lives and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we, when I started to look at that reading and do my own reflection, I couldn't help but feel that it was, this was just a powerful passage Um, There's so many things that popped up to me. That whole middle part that says, The Lord is my helper, and I will not be afraid. And what can anyone do to me? Well, I was thinking of the last part. There are a lot of things that people can do to me. They can hurt me. They can can, um, physically harm me. You know, um, they can hurt me in other ways. Um, So I was thinking, oh, well, I guess this was referring to uh, not in the literal sense, because, um, you know, in an essence, what control um, what they have over my my spirit. They may be able to do things to my body, but they're not able to touch my spirit. And. I love the the confidence of just being reminded of the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. But I just, I couldn't help but think of the beginning part where it said we needed to be, um, not to neglect hospitality. And I know we are, it is impossible for us to be hospitable during the coronavirus We shouldn't be too much. We shouldn't be inviting people in our home. So we can't do that. We can't entertain or we shouldn't be. There are other ways that we can really remember to to really be present, you know, to people who are in need. And they said, you know, do this because we never know when we're entertaining what? We're entertaining, we might have entertained angels. You know, um, then I started to have a little flashback. What if, you know, some of the people that I've crossed paths with in in my life, what if some of them were angels? You know, 
Did I leave a good impression on those angels as they went back to heaven to give their angel report? What would they say this earthling Ivoni is like? You know, would they have a good report to share with our maker? Gosh, I hope so. I really, really hope so. I know that, um, what, uh, and when we started to think of prisoners, you know, you know, I always pray for those who are imprisoned, and um, and I did my first externship at the um, for my doctorate at uh, Richmond Detention Center. So I really got an inside look at um, what the children there were faced. It was a juvenile detention center, so I I don't I can't remember the youngest child, but I think. I don't know if it was 10 years old or 11. I I, I can't remember, but something um, close to that. And I was just so shocked at, you know, what they were going through. You know, we have all these images of what prison is like for children or adults. But until we get a little glimpse, and even, you know, I was certainly only there for a short period, but I was just so, so... Uh, shocked and and really deeply disturbed at the sight of these babies um, left and some of them incarcerated right and some of them were there for and I'm gonna say it's stupid things really really stupid things and I remember the um, principal struggling to try to get a reading teacher in the jail and I said, why is this so difficult? Why is it that they can't bring a reading teacher? They don't know that there's a link. You know, and if you're if you're not able to read, it, it's going to make your life that much more difficult um, to be productive. Uh, and and that it was just really upsetting. And the kids, it was like a revolving door. They went out. Maybe they lasted for two weeks, a month, maybe two months. Sure enough, they will be back. And one of the saddest things when I was there was just to know and to have a conversation with some of the the boys and the girls. And they would talk and I would ask them about their family because I, I administered a reading test, but I also spoke to them uh, at length. Uh, they talked about the fact that their father was right across the street. And I was like, well, what is he doing across the street? Is he just kind of like waiting and then I learned um, that across the street was the adult jail. So they were then there, you know, following in the footsteps of their fathers. Um, and I just had that, you know, that, you know, this sadness that just seemed to just overwhelm me that, you know, how long would it be before their children would be in their, in the same position, <coughs> you know, and they would just take over. Um, it was sad. It was really sad to see um, the breakdown and all of the resources that that they needed to be successful that wasn't being presented. Um, and we have to do better. <coughs> Excuse me. We have to do better as a society to provide for those for these children. Um, I think there at that time that I was there, um, to my knowledge, there was only one one or two. Um, young men uh, who were there for like violent offenses uh, all of the others were I mean they, they should not have been there um, they really needed a good social worker parents with some good parenting skills and a whole lot of resources and supports activities 
you know, probably um, some lessons, some, um, you know, uh, ways, outlet to get their energy, right? But we have to not forget about the people. It's not just, I mean, all of the boys were there, quote unquote, they were guilty of whatever the court said they, whether it's a violation, some of them were even there just for curfew violations, okay? Um, and I'm like, what do you think they're going to learn when they're there? You know, that's not going to be a punishment for them. They're not going to be, there's no corrective action that's going to happen there. Um, so there's a lot that needs to happen with our criminal justice system. We need prayers, we need resources, but we need action, you know? A lot of people will offer your prayers. They said, oh, my hearts and thoughts and prayers go with you. No, that's not enough. We need action. We need legislative action to help bring about a change. So these, this generational curse doesn't go to the next generation, you know, um, because we are under the illusion that it's not our problem. We figured, well, they don't live in my neighborhood, so it's not my problem. Well, the reality is we all have the same creator, God, the father. And they say what happens to one happens to all, right? And um, so even if we don't feel the impact of that, that statement, if we don't feel that impact, we have to, um, it, it's not a stretch to think that um, if we don't do our part, we all pay for it in one way, whether we have to pay financially with the resources that we have to apply to different systems to try to help these people. Uh, in various stages of their lives, or um, we pay because we become, sometimes we become victims of, 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 um, of these people um, when, they, when they make um, really, really poor choices. Um, another thing I was thinking about when I started to think of this particular reading was how can we right now with the coronavirus uh, make sure that we are still you know, we're still being kind to people. And I started to think of the, um, in our Catholic church, we have the corporate, um, the works of mercy. You know, we have the, um, um, you know, feeding the hungry, you know, give drink to the thirsty, give arms to the poor, shelter the homeless, visit the sick, visit the imprisoned and bury the dead. You know, the last we have no problem with. We have no problem burying the dead. But I, and and of course, we can't visit anybody now during Corona, um, during this virus. But what can we do in our own little way to um, to help those who have less, to help, help those who have nothing? And, and even if we're, uh, we're all are dealing with, and, and to various degrees, uh, different, um, feeling the financial strain of the pandemic, whether you are, you've lost your job and you're waiting to try to find a new job, uh, or maybe you're a parent and you're home and your children were at school and you were able to work and now you cannot work or your children were, you know, they were, um, getting free and reduced lunch. So that was two meals a day that was completely covered. And now you have to provide all their meals. All right. So yes, you're impacted by what's going on. You are. And there is a, 
there is a, a collective cloud of frustration, anger, and just wasted energy that I think is still um, looming over the country. Anger, did I, oh, did I remember, mention anger? Yes. And, um, and that impacts us. That impacts us. You know, they say that uh, if we are at a job and there's, uh, there's a lot of hostility at our jobs, that that impacts our well-being. Even if we're not a, a, a spiteful person, we're not an angry person, but if our work conditions are hostile or if there's people who are just negative or gossiping or just could be just downright foul, that impacts our quality of life. Then what do you think happens when you have a whole country filled with, yeah, yes, we're filled with, there's some good, lots of good that are underreported, right? But what, what do you think happens when they, there's so many people angry, you know, hating, just overwhelmed, frustrated, stressed out? What do you think happens to the ones who are not normally cranky? We all are impacted by that. We're all impacted by that. It's like walking into a nightclub, right? And you're, um, there are people there smoking. And you come out and uh, you're smelling like you have cigarette. Uh, yes, the cigarette, the uh, odor of stench of cigarette is all over your clothes. And uh, you're thinking, hmm, I'm not a smoker, but it's all over your your clothes. You still smell like you were smoking, even if you weren't smoking, right? It's And if you stay in that environment, we all know now that you can still die of cancer, even if you're, you were never a smoker, secondhand smoke. We know that now. We know it's real. It's not fake news, you know, it's, it's, it's real. So there are a lot of things that, um, so we have to be mindful of, of the, what we give out into the environment, the, the joy that we share, um, um, putting that pep in our step, you know, when we, when we wake up and we feel like it's, man, I don't feel like waking up and putting and, and getting dressed today or doing anything of purpose, because why? I don't even know which day it is. I don't know what what tomorrow was, which week. I mean, all right, truth be told, let me tell you something that happened. Woke up this morning and um, I received a phone call from my mother and she accidentally called me. And I said, oh, mommy, oh. And I just started talking. I said, all right, hey, are you okay? She said, oh, yeah, I wasn't intending to call you. I was going to call somebody else. I said, okay, well, I'll give you a call later. And then later I saw a text from my older sister, Judy, saying um, we needed to call mommy and wish her happy happy birthday because today was her birthday. And I thought to myself, but why would Judy send a text telling us to wish mommy happy birthday? Because today is not her birthday. And then it dawned on me. Oh, my Lord. We are in the month of February. Today is February 5th. It is mommy's birthday. And I just spoke to her on the phone. And I completely, it just, I'm like, what? I didn't even know we were in the month of February. 
where did January go? Okay. So if you're like me, the days are all blending together. The months and this whole 2020 was just like a, feels like a blur in a lot of ways. Um, and I said, how did I miss that? You know? So, um, you know, I just feel like we have to do our part to try to, um, connect with those in need. Um, and I, there are small ways, even though we're strapped, uh, we can find a meal to give to somebody. Um, I've been breaking bread and just baking bread and giving it to people. I just anybody, literally anybody. And, uh, and then I'm always trying to think of, of, of ways I can either give or cook a meal or give to the poor, small little ways. Uh, and so I encourage you to think of something small that you can do to um, share your love, your gratitude, your appreciation for somebody. Um, and not somebody who has done something for you and you're just giving them a thank you in return. Somebody completely random. I just love doing that. I love going in a store and I'm about to get something and I just see somebody and I just happen to pay for, you know, something small. Not like, you know, can't afford to pay for like the, you know, somebody's complete groceries, but just pay for something small. Or I love when there's a child and I ask the parent, is it okay if I, um, you see the child looking at something and I was like, oh, is it okay if I get that? Um, and I remember, um, just little small things, little small acts, um, that mean so much to somebody because they're not expecting it. It completely, it, it, it catches them by surprise. We are capable of doing that and we need to find our small ways, whether it's calling your local school, the, um, you know, the local school in your area and said, you know, they always have children who can't pay their lunch for whatever reason they 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 just it's just they just can't not whatever reason we know they can't pay their lunch because they don't have any money and um so wouldn't it be a big surprise to just pay for a child's um um bills you know they always have a balance <laughs> believe you me as a principal I knew they always have a balance and wouldn't it be great to say all right I'm sending this money to the school to pick any child and I want to pay for that child's um, lunch. It means so much. Can you imagine the joy that that child has just just walking into the lunch line and like, wow, realizing that I have lunch today. I don't just have to have bread and peanut butter. You know, I can actually get macaroni today. Maybe today will be the day where that child gets chicken. You can do that just by a $5, just by whatever you have. And we can do it in our own special way. Uh, and I feel that makes a difference. So like you, I'm looking at ways where I can help people. And if you can't do it in, the, in, the, in this way, you can, you can certainly help to counsel somebody. You can, hurt, you can certainly um, help to um, make something a special gift and just leave it to the, um, you know, just leave it at the hospital for a nurse. Just, just leave it. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Now, we always expect a Valentine or we want to give a Valentine. What if we just pick somebody completely random and give them a Valentine? 
how much special that would be. We are Christians and we have to lead by example. So tonight I I encourage you to look at creative ways of, you know, of really tapping into uh, our Christianity, our spirituality. We can pray for each other. We can always pray for each other. That is powerful, right? But prayer without works, right? What is it? All right, let's just do something. Do anything. And I'd love to hear how you're planning on doing something random um, and just how special that is. And Father, this time, I thank you for the gift of your love. I thank you for reminding us of all that we can do, even if it's in a small way, to remind each other of our powerful, how powerful we are as, as your followers. Help us to be ever rooted in your love and your grace. Help us to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brothers and sisters, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. God bless. Good morning. Today is February 9th, and welcome to another episode of It Only Takes a Spark to Get a Fire Going. I usually record from my mobile studio, which is my car, or my home studio, and sometimes I'm fortunate to be in the bathtub, or the kitchen table, or even in my office. But today, I'm recording from my hospital room, because on Saturday I had an emergency medical event, which... Uh, required me to be rushed to the hospital and placed in ICU and they ran a lot of tests to determine what was going wrong what sent my body into havoc and even though I was downgraded to a regular room I'm still awaiting the results of tests to determine what um, what happened and why my body is not responding the way it ought to be Um, So that's the reason why I don't have a reading for you today. It's hard to focus my eyes. My vision is compromised. Um, and, um, and so I'm going to tell you a story. <coughs> In this story, um, it may be a, compen- uh, a combination of two stories, but they do- both have to do with overcoming challenges. These are very familiar stories, and if you are not familiar with these stories, I'm going to share them with you today. And this story started a long, long time ago. The disciples of Jesus decided to take a trip on a boat. This was a very familiar event. They took trips on boats all the time. And today was no different from any of the other days. And as they journeyed on their boat ride, Jesus, after being so tired because he was healing and teaching and preaching, traveling, he decided to do like many of us do. He decided to take a nap because his system was so tired. 
And as he napped, the disciples noticed that very shortly the rain was a light drizzle that seemed to be just sending a mist on their face. They thought it was refreshing at that time. After all, the sun was up earlier on. And a few hours later, they noticed the rain started to drop like taps and taps and taps. And they just, it wasn't unusual to have the rain, you know, increase. But there's something was a little different. There was something different in the air. The rain started coming stronger. And then the wind, the wind just seemed to blow and blow and grow and grow. And when they started to realize the boat was rocking and rocking and rocking and they were afraid, they were screaming. A few of them looked at Jesus and, well, I can't believe it. He's sleeping. Who can sleep through this? He was fast asleep. I mean, stone cold sleeping. And they rushed to him and they said, Master, 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 you must save us. It's the storm. We're going to die. And Jesus woke up and blinked his eye and didn't have a worry in his pupil. Not a worry in his cornea. He was completely relaxed. He walked to the boat, to the edge of the boat, and stretched out his hands. They all looked in amazement, wondering what he was going to do. Was he putting his hand out to see if it was really raining? Because it was all over him. He was dripping with wet. What was he about to do? And he stretched out his hand, and in a loud voice he said, Peace, be still. And lo and behold, can you just see it? The rain started to stop. They shivered. They wondered what was going on. And shortly after the rain started to stop, the wind just went away as quickly as it came. They looked at each other, shaken, shaken in their sandals. What could this be? What did we just see? I mean, we saw him do miraculous things. He was healing people. Oh, yes, he was healing people. He, I mean, we heard of stories of changing water into wine and, you know, sick people. You know, he heals sick people. But what is this? Who is this that commands the sea? Who is this that commands the wind? And they all obey him. They felt so it was like a supernatural experience. They didn't know what to do. It felt like they didn't even have full control of their body. Like they were having an outer body experience. Who was this? Who was this Jesus in front of them? And they felt awe and they felt so, so uh, a great sense of joy. It's a great sense of ecstasy that they couldn't even put into words. And this is where the story shifts, and it could be just be my memory, but I also remember another incident where Jesus, where Peter was walking on the water and was walking really fine on the water, shocked beyond measure that he was walking on water as a human being. After all, he was not Jesus. And the minute he took his gaze off of Jesus, he started to sink. And he said, Master, Master, save me, save me. I mean, it's just ocean. Can you imagine the sharks, the beast of the sea that would consume him? 
If he didn't drown right away, he was in horror and terrified. And Jesus said, come, come to me, come. And as soon as he kept his gaze on Jesus, he was walking calmly on the water, doing a supernatural thing. A natural person doing a supernatural thing. And this is the same God that we serve. This is the Jesus that is still real yesterday. He was real yesterday. He's still real today and will be real tomorrow. We are each in our various locations in the world, in America, uh, in our homes, in our families, dealing with personal challenges, personal storms, some our family are aware of and some we keep hidden from our friends and our family because we feel so overwhelmed. We feel afraid to share because maybe something else just happened a month or two ago and we feel that um, people just wouldn't be able to understand. Or maybe we're just confused that we're facing so many storms and we're wondering why. The amazing thing about our faith is that we don't question. I don't know what is wrong with my body. I don't know what happened on Saturday. And while I want to know what is happening so that I can, um, you know, figure out what to do with my life and, and live a, a, a god driven life, a quality life, I have no doubt, I have no concerns that I'm going to be okay. I know that I was able to sit up um, independently on the bed, that's progress. And I know that the Lord is with me today, He he will be with me tomorrow, and He will give me the strength that I need to do whatever I need in whatever position or condition that my physical body is. He will give me what I need to do whatever I need in whatever physical condition my body is in. I will praise him. I will shout his names to the mountaintops. I will say to all that I am blessed and highly favored by God. And my physical body has no impact on my spiritual being. Let me say that again. The physical condition of my body has no impact on my spiritual being or my spiritual health. I am the daughter of the king. And I know that God, the creator of all, he has me in his arms. He doesn't just have me in his arms. He has you in his arms. And your physical condition today, your financial condition today, your personal relationship positions today does not determine your soul. Your soul is untouched. Untouched. And that's what I'm connecting with today. My soul. That's what I'm focusing on. And I want you to do do that. And God just asks of us one thing. He just asks us to trust in Him. He just asks us to get dressed for our game. Right? Like pretend we have a baseball game. 
He just wants us to show up. Don't stay home. Show up for the game. Get up. Bat. Even if he's gonna, somebody else might place that bat in your hand. If somebody else has to help you get dressed, get dressed and show up for the game. He will give us the strength. He has all the plays in the playbook. Regardless of what the opponent have, the enemy has, he has a play in his back card to counter that play. Show up for bat. Get dressed for the game of life. The game is starting every single day. The game is starting literally every single minute. And he asks of us to show up. So I thank you today for allowing me to share today. I hope that I'll be able to read a reading for you soon. But I want you to stay encouraged. I want you to know that you are loved and you are highly favored and your soul is untouched. Walk in that faith today as you prepare for your daily journey, um, as you meander through all of the various responsibilities of your life. Walk in the faith that as you go through the storms, you will not be harmed. You will not be harmed. Even if your physical being may be compromised, you will never, ever be harmed. And he asks you, God is asking you, he's asking me to just put all of our cares and our worries, our concerns, just lay them at his feet. He has them. He has them at his feet and he's quite capable of doing that. He is the man that create, that command the, the winds to obey. Do not be dis- deterred by the storm. And even if you feel like you're ending up on a port or a piece on the side of the river where you didn't plan, know that he's going to give you the strength to get you right out, to just be prepared to do the work. And how do we do that work? We pray. We pray, we believe. We connect even in our small ways. We minister to others, regardless of what's going on with our, our condition. I was so blessed. Just uh, a nurse, a uh, lobotomist came to draw my blood. And that was an opportunity to share, to share how blessed I am and how God has blessed me and how he wants to bless her. And just to give her some words of encouragement offer her some hope and the nurse came in and guess what she got a blessing too so even in a hospital bed even when your body is not fully doing what it's supposed to be doing but guess what my mouth is working right now and my heart is working right now and my brain is working right now or most of it (laughs) and with those I'm figuring I can still tell people about God I am a, an apostle. I want to share the good news, and and that's what I will do. And I encourage you to do the same. Just little baby steps. That's all he asks for us. So, Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the gift of your love. We thank you for continuing to remind us that you are in control, even when we feel we have no control, even when we feel we have no answers. We trust in you 100%. I trust in you 100%. I am quite aware that my physical state does not impact my spiritual state. And that's what I'm tapping into today. I'm leaning into you. I'm leaning into love. And I'm embracing 
um, your destiny for me, whatever that will be, I place it in your hands and I trust you completely. Father, help us to be like you in everything that we say and in everything that we do. Brothers and sisters, it's a great morning. Please share this spark, subscribe, and God bless.